You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I am your host, Monique Russell. Today in my chair, I have a man who is used to being on the interviewer side, but he's going to be the interviewer today. (laughs) He is a man who is literally with the desire in his heart and his expertise in media shifted the mindset and perspective of hundreds of thousands of individuals on what the continent of Africa has to offer. He is a natural born bridge builder. And you're going to hear for yourself on the show why he's so great. Just a little bit of background about Wode Maya. He is a popular Ghanaian YouTube personality, vlogger, and aeronautical engineer. He started vlogging about life in China, where his videos gained an international audience and attention. He literally has over half a million YouTube followers, guys. And if you have not subscribed to his show, shame on you. You need to do it right away. He started YouTubing in 2013. His stage name is Wodimaya, but he also is originally called Berthold Winkler. He's also affectionately known as Mr. Ghana Baby, and he travels all throughout Africa vlogging about his travel experiences, the country's culture, the social scene. And get this, he is fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Wode Maya, welcome to the show. Wow, that's a good intro. I want to say thank you so much for introducing me that way. I didn't even know that I have all these attributes, you know. Thanks for letting me know. But anyway, thank you so much for that. And um, it's an honor to be on the show. And thanks for inviting me here. And uh, you know what? We're just here to have a deep conversation about Africa. And um, anything about what about that you want to know? I'm cool with it. Fantastic. I am so glad. So what am I, a lot of my guests, they are world travelers just like yourself. So I always like to start off with a fun question. If you could choose anywhere in the world that you could be, where would you be and why? That would be um, Rwanda, which is a country in Africa. That is the country that I would love to stay for the rest of my life. And why? Because it's safe. It's super clean. And, um, you know, I've lived in China before. So living in Rwanda makes me kind of connect back to the days in China because everything is at your right hand side. Like whatever you're looking for in Rwanda, you don't have to look further. You're definitely going to get it. So which means that life in Rwanda, it's kind of easy. In terms of security, like no matter what happens to you, there's a security camera on the streets of Rwanda. So something like this happening in Africa, which I think, 
it's amazing. And I wish all the African country will learn from Rwanda. So if you're talking about a country that I would love to be for the rest of my life, that will be Rwanda. Oh my God. So first of all, I haven't been there, but I want to go there. And I think I remember you, you doing a show about that with the security cameras and pressing the button and things yeah. like that. I think I remember that show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a country that I love so much. It's clean. It's organized. I can't wait. Definitely. Mm. You have inspired me. It's on my list. Mm. So I want to jump right into this next uh, aspect about what you seem to emanate so much positivity. And every time you highlight a place, no matter what, you start off with the positive aspect. And I checked this quote on your website and it said, once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start to have positive results. Choose positivity over negativity. negativity. My question is, when... If you could think about when in your life did this love for the other countries on the continent start to develop? So I would say that I never had a chance to travel all my life because I was born in the village. The first time I was even coming to Accra, that was the day that I was applying for my visa to China. That was my first day I left my village, like traveling from my village to Accra. So literally, I traveled from the village straight to Accra, came for my visa, and then left straight to China. So going to China was actually a first place that I would would say, like, I traveled to out of Ghana, yeah? And when I got to China, I got lost, okay? I got lost in China as a young boy traveling for the first time, got lost. I was supposed to go to a city called Shenyang, and I ended up going to Shenyang, so which means that the, the letters were like X- an S. So I ended up choosing the X instead of going to S. Hmm. So when I got there, I got lost. I was like, oh my goodness, like, what will I do? You know, so from there, I realized that I got lost because I couldn't understand Chinese language. Yeah. So I decided that, oh, okay, so this thing happened to me, which is full of negativity. What do I do to change that thing that happened to me? So the first thing I realized was, hey, you need to learn the language. So I learned Chinese language. And then it made my life easier for me in China. But at some point in time, I felt like, okay, starting to conversate with Chinese people, all they say about Africa is full of negativity. So I started doing research about why do Chinese people have so much negative thought about Africa? And first of all, it started with the name Africa in Chinese. If you want to translate the word Africa in Chinese, it literally means like Fei Zhou. Fei means nothing. Fame means nothing, yeah? Nothing or maybe death, like um, something deity or, you know, and Joe means continent. So if you combine these two characters together, which means a continent with nothing. As an African, I cannot just sit and stay in China to see people disrespecting my continent like that. Even though in China, there's some point in time, we couldn't claim that we are African. Like they don't really respect you. Like you have to form an American before you get a job. We all have been there before. There's some time in China when you see me, I'll be like, hey, what's up? My name is Watermeyer from America and I'm here to look for a job and that kind of thing. So, you know, we couldn't embrace Africa because when you embrace Africa in China, which means that you're going to go hungry and nobody want to go hungry. So from there, I felt like, yo, I need to start something to change the narrative of Africa. I started doing videos about Africa-China relationship, trying to 
tell Chinese people Africa is not what you think. But at a point in time, I felt like, why would you stay in China and be talking about Africa? You yourself, you don't even want to go back to your country. So why would you stay in China and say that Africa is beautiful? So I said, okay, you know what? My channel has grown. Like I have over 60K right now. Why don't I start a project? So I just wrote it down. But at that time, I was dating a Chinese girl. So I told her, hey, I want to go back home. I want to promote Africa. You know that I, I have, I'm so passionate about Africa and I really want to go back home to promote Africa. So this girl was like, you know, you and I, we know we don't have money. How will you go to Africa and say you want to promote Africa? You don't have money. All these things, you need money to do it. So what I did was like, I really want to do it. Okay, so let's maybe, I know so I have followers who watch my videos. So why don't I start from there? So I started like asking Africans, I posted on my wall, asking Africans that, hey, please, can you guys support me? I really want to go to Africa to promote Africa in a positive light. Can you guys, I mean, support me with something? Can you believe that my friends were telling me that, hey, we won't support you. you need to, if you need support, you better go ask you. And like, I have screenshot of it and all kind of things. So what I did was I have a very good Chinese friend, very good one. Recently, he came to Ghana and um, I talked to this guy, hey, you all know that I have so much love for the continent. I would love to change the narratives of Africa. And my guy is like, you know what? We can't do it. I was like, how? He said, there is a loan that I can take for you to go back to Africa, but make sure you pay the loan. Wow. I'm telling you. So my first trip of going to five African countries was on a loan. I didn't have the money. So... This Chinese guy booked my flight ticket from China to Ghana, Ghana to Ethiopia, Ethiopia to um, Rwanda, Rwanda to Tanzania, Tanzania to Ghana, then Ghana to China. This was my trip booked on a loan. So when I was coming back to Africa, this guy was like, hey, Maya, I trust you. We've been together, like, he's, he's a Chinese friend of mine. We've been together for the past four years. I know you have a good heart, but please don't disappoint me because he bought the tickets on a loan. So I told him, hey, I'm not going to leave you behind. I'm going back home to do what I really want to do and I will definitely come back. I came back to Ghana. I surprised my mom. If you have seen that video, I surprised my mom. Um, my mom never knew I was coming to Ghana and um, I got to Ghana and she was like, what are you doing here? Because I told my mom that I was coming to Ghana so that have killed me that time. She didn't even know I quit my job. Yeah, so... <laughs> I just surprised my mom, came back home, and then I told my mom, hey, this is what I want to do. That's why I left China. My mom was so mad at me. I was like, you know what? Don't be mad. In one year time, I'll buy you a car. Just give me one year. My mom was like, no. I mean, I, I know you want to do this, but just be careful. And my mom gave me her blessings. And then from Ghana, straight to Ethiopia. Ethiopia was the first African country that I, I wanted to go to because that is the... AU, where the AU headquarters is. So I felt like that is the country that I want to go to start my whole project because I believe that this project is for Africa. And you cannot start a project without talking about where the African Union is. I went to Ethiopia. That was my first country. You know, like going to a country that you don't know. So in order to pay the loan, I started doing videos like every day. In China, I don't do videos every day. But because this time around, I had so much money to pay. I was like, yo, let me do videos. So I even did videos of showing where I sleep, like my hotel room. You can check out that video. Um, my showing people that I slept in this hotel. 
the following morning, I woke up, people were at, were at my gates. Like, hey, what about why we watch you when you were in China? And these people are in front of the hotel waiting for me. I was like, hey, from now onwards, I'm not going to make this mistake anymore. <laughs> so that's when I stopped, like, I stopped showing people where I sleep. So I started making videos every single day in Ethiopia. And then it started getting traction. I started getting so much views, like a thousand subscribers in a day. That is what took me two years to gain when I started my YouTube. It took me two years to gain a thousand subscribers. But when I went to Ethiopia, I started gaining a thousand subscribers in a day. I was like, wow. But because I, I, my ticket was on a loan, I only booked like one week in every country. So when my time, I was supposed to fly to Ethiopia and I wanted to tell them, no, I don't want to leave. I want to add one more week. I wanted to extend my ticket. They said I have to pay extra $150 for them to change the ticket. I was like, no, I want to go. Then I went to Rwanda and Rwanda changed my life wow. in terms of like doing a video. It was on the 14th of um, February. It was a Valentine's Day. Well, that's when I did the video about um, the cleanest city in Africa. Um, and then that video went viral. And people got to know who what am I is. They started watching all my old videos. And that's when I called my friend in China. Hey, we are paying the loan. <laughs> so and when I, <laughs> we are paying the loan. So when I told him that, he was super excited. And then from there, I went to all the countries that I was supposed to. I even extended my time when I went to Tanzania. I extended my time in Tanzania because I wanted to have fun. I stayed in um, Dar es Salaam for like one week and two weeks in Zanzibar and um, we extended. Then I said, let me cancel the ticket from Tanzania. I want to go back to Kenya to see Miss Trudy. So that's when I flew from um, Tanzania, went to Kenya to meet Miss Trudy. And then from there, I came back home and then Trudy too came to Ghana. I ended up extending my time again because we've already paid a loan and um, it's time to, I mean, enjoy the continent. So two weeks in Ghana, I flew back to China and um, that is that that look, first of all, you've been dropping so many nuggets here. So many (laughs) nuggets here. Wow. 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 First of all, you use a loan, meaning this mission was we're going to have to talk about that. We're definitely going to have to talk about that. (laughs) But before we even get there, I want to go back to some things that you said, because this love for Africa wasn't something that was just it didn't just come out of thin air. It was actually born out of a frustration and Mm. you were in, in an environment in China where there was so much hostility, so much, not a, not affirmation or open love towards the continent. And out of this environment of sort of mm, negativity, this love for yourself and your country and everything was birthed. But you also said something about getting a job and how you brought, pretty much had to take on the persona of mm. someone else. Like, hey, yeah. I am coming from America to get a job. And I I'm feel like you. that's so uh, timely, relevant, and important because people tend to take on personas of other groups, other individuals, so that they end up stifling themselves, not really loving themselves, not really wanting to celebrate their own country. Mm-hmm. You yourself said you didn't even want to go back to your home country. I did it. Why didn't you want to go back though? Why didn't you want to, what was it? I I, I didn't want to go back because, you know, when we were growing up in Africa, they told us that if you go abroad, you're going to go get greener pastures. You know, everybody is going to be rich. Like 
people respect you when you leave your country in Africa. Mm. Like I got, I gained so much respect when I left Ghana. When I was in Ghana, my own friends never gave me that respect that I, I think that I deserved. But the moment I stepped my foot in China, mm. oh my goodness, all my friends were kind of like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You've made it in life, you know? So who else do, who else want to come back? Trust me, there are so many people in Europe right now. They went to Europe with that same perception and they are stuck in there, but they have no, how do you call it? What's the vocab that I need to use? Like, they don't have the courage to tell people in here that we That's are it. stuck. That's it. I, the courage. I know, I've, I've been there, so I know what I'm talking about. Like, back in China, if you don't say that you're an American, if you don't say you're a Canadian, as an African, it's going to be so hard for you to make money in China. Wow. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, okay, so let me break it down a little bit. When you go to China, we have, I would say that there are two main type of job in China. Two main type of job for, um, how do you call it, um, foreigners to do in China. One is teaching, which is more popular in China than everybody that goes to China who is making more money. It's actually teaching, you know. So teaching English in China is a thing. I would say that if you're an African-American or you're born in these Western countries and you really want to make money, maybe you don't know what to do with your life right now, just get your passport, apply for a Chinese visa or maybe a Korean visa and go to these Asian countries and go apply for a job over there. You will make a lot of money. So when you go there, they actually don't respect Africans. They think that Africans don't speak English or something like that. So in order for us to fit in, yeah, we have to act like them. I'm an, I'm an African-American, so you have to give me that job. You understand? And this yeah. is how so many of us survived in China. Like, I had a friend, a Chinese friend. He was in Ghana recently, came to visit me. This guy, every vacation, yeah, we used to go to his village and tell people that, hey, I'm from Canada. I'm from Canada, and uh, we... <laughs> I know it's funny, yeah? I'm just opening something still. I'm from Canada and we organize like a teaching uh, workshop where we bring all, the, all of the people together, get their money. At the end of the day, I get my share and then I go back to my city. This guy was my friend. Like he's still my friend, you know, we still talk. And the struggle was real those days. I've done a lot of things, but I'm telling you, these are the two types of job, like teaching where if you're an African-American or something, you can easily get it. And also, being a DJ in China, a DJ or an MC, I believe that you don't need any qualification to do this type of job that I'm mentioning. Your passport alone, or maybe your color alone, will get you this job. So, you know what? Wow. Mm. Again, I mean, my mind is just running and racing because it's like you, you're giving us a class, a, a, a real-time class on how hard it is for someone to be courageous, to be themselves and to be proud of who they are. I mean, just imagine it's like you're pretty much having to take on somebody else's character or persona and you're denying yourself. But there's something you said about people not having the courage, but something inside of you, you had the courage. And I will say, as you're building this bridge with people all over the world and you are Mm. on this radical mission, which I love, I know that when you have the mindset of positivity and when you have the mindset of building this connection and connecting black people all over the world, it's not always going to be easy. First, even if you have the courage, number one, 
that's the first thing but even mm. if you have that courage if you are mm. in an it's almost like the toxic environment or the negative environment just right. shifted you were in china there was an mm. it was a negative environment towards africans exactly. now you mm. are courageous you are positive but now you're finding yourself in an environment where you mm. have to break through the negativity of our own black people who are not used sure. to seeing the courage and mm. the connection i'll tell you like mm. even when i started this to launch this show just this year i got some definitely positive responses but also good luck you think you're going to get <laughs> to talk to black people who are uh, open about black people all over the world good luck black people tear each other down all the time so mm. my my point is this we don't live in a fairy land and we don't want to let the audience believe that it's a fairy land or it's some sort of magic so i want you mm. to share as you are being so courageous in this mission positive mission mm. of building mm. unity the bridge and connection what are some of the obstacles you faced and how do you stay positive going through it you know um i would say that if i survive negativity in china it means i will survive anywhere else in this world wow okay because like negativity in china they, they say straight to your face sometimes it gets through you you know um so me coming back to africa everything looked funny to me in terms of like obstacles you face from your own people but sometimes it's so disheartening that you're receiving like you go to china you have like people discriminate against you and you're back in your own country or your own continent to uh, your own people will be discriminating against you first of all in africa they don't believe that a young boy like you needs to have that courage or money to travel so immediately they see you at uh, maybe a border post trying to get a visa or maybe getting um, money checking in and all that they ask you where do you get the money from they now they think you do drugs they think you you do something that um a dubious way of making money so this is how, this is the first thing that i experienced ever like i remember that sometimes they seized my bag check whether they will find narcotics or anything in there but unfortunately they found nothing and i told them hey this kind of stereotypes against ourselves is so wrong like for you to um ask me where are you getting the money from to travel you see so many white folks passing by but they would never ask them but as a young black man they start suspecting you that this is what you do this is what you do okay secondly i mean i found out that in africa black people in general we don't love ourselves i'm not saying everybody but we don't really love ourselves i i'm i'm just being honest in here we only love ourselves when we've been discriminated against mm. or maybe someone being racist to us that's why we all come together and say black lives matter but apart from um the black lives matter is over we come back to our natural stage of disliking our own selves you know and this is what i hate so much about a black race i'm just being honest to you like why do we come together when we've been discriminated like oh oh this person killed this person or this person was racist against that person and then that's when we come together it shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that way imagine like as a young guy traveling in africa and then i've been deported because i'm holding a camera what have i done they said i'm a terrorist and wow. um what shows like you just take my camera and shows that 
or what shows that I'm a terrorist. And these people are like, ah, yeah, terrorists, come on. You know, they took me into a small room, which was so dark. I don't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen to me that day. But uh, fortunate for me, when the CID, who is supposed to investigate whether I'm really a terrorist, switch on the light to see my face. And he's like, oh, why did you guys bring this guy here? I watched his videos and all that. That was what saved me in Uganda. Um, at some point in time, I think I got, uh, we were nearly mobbed in an African country. That was Zambia, where we were just holding cameras in the streets. And then one man approached that and said, why do you guys be walking in the street with cameras? You're also a terrorist. They started making so much noise. So many people surrounded us. And then at the end of the day, we were trying to run for our life. And um, yeah, they called the security men. They came, they took us in the bank. The bank said, we're trying to rob them. They checked our camera. They are like, why you don't have images of um, gorillas? Uh, you don't have images of animals, but you're rather <laughs> having images of buildings. Uh, and we were like, we are travelers. They said, no, travelers need to have uh, gorillas on their cameras, not, um, you know, buildings because we are trying to change the narratives and tell people that Africa is not about coming to Africa to see gorillas but this is what our own people are saying that we need to have gorillas on our phones or on our cameras which is ridiculous so um that day it was it was really hectic yeah, they took us to the police station and that one too the only thing that saved me was the policeman there watched my videos and then we ended up going scot-free so these are the things that happens on the continent that I, I feel like we should address it and Anytime you address it, people think that you hate on their own country. In, in South Africa, I think I was pulled over by a policeman, like two police cars. It was like a movie. You know, I just went to a hotel, a five-star hotel with a Chinese girl. That girl was my friend. So we're just coming down. She hugged me. I ordered an Uber. Can you believe that these people did not approach the Chinese woman, but rather approached me? because they thought that I came to sell drugs to the Chinese lady. But if I sold drugs to the Chinese lady, the Chinese lady to have a possession of the drug. So which means if you want to arrest anyone, arrest the Chinese woman too. But they left her, drove like they are acting a movie, one police car in front of me, one police car behind me. They pulled me down. Hey, where are the drugs? The Uber driver is like, what's going on? I was like, okay, I don't even know. But wow. these things have been happening to me in Africa for um, so long. So I'm used to it. So I just... <laughs> stay cool, check that everything. And that's the it. thing is, I, I want to address what you said about why we don't have this self-love. And I do know that this thing exists. And I feel like it's because of this internalized oppression, the slavery, racism, whatever has been conditioned within our whole psyche as black people has been now internalized from the inside out. And when we see these division and we see these things happening, I mean, we know that it's true. We know that it exists. Everybody recognizes that it exists. But there are a few people, there's some of us who, even though it exists, we choose to still see the good because we start with that positive mindset of ourselves first, no matter what, exactly. and then we spread it out. And you have been in a situation where, my goodness, you've been ar arrested, you've almost been mobbed, you've been... I mean, any and everything that you could think of, this is not a project that someone is paying you to do. It's a mission that's inside Ooh, yourself that exactly. is just so deep. So my thing is, even after having all of these toxic experiences, first from China, mm. you build up your resilience, then you get to the continent and this type of uh, resistance is almost like, for you, laughable, laughable because you've already experienced the worst in China. But at still some point, 
it will take a toll on you. It's still some point it will take a toll. So what do you do to stay positive? And how, I mean, how do you still continue even after all of this? How do you continue? What do you do personally, Maya? What do you do? I always tell people that I'm on a mission because I feel like I found my purpose. And until I achieve my goals, I'm not giving up on this whole mission. Like, I would have given up on the first day that I started because the whole obstacle started from the first day of traveling where they, they told me that I can't travel because I don't have a return ticket. And <laughs> I can't travel because like in, in, in Ghana, I was like, I have like continuous, but these people don't know. They said, you can't go. I ended up spending so much time at the airport, but you know, I was the last guy to board the plane. And um, these things that I'm saying, like, I know that I was born for this mm. because the time that it started, I'm saying that, like, uh, when my father told me that, my father told me that, you know what, I don't want you to be a comedian because, I, like I said, my channel started um, as comedy. I started as a comedian, like, um, I mean, making skits in China. And then my father told me that, hey, I don't want to see you doing this kind of things. But if you really, really want to, do videos, make sure you are doing videos that brings impact. Make sure you do videos that, um, you know, you speak Chinese right now. Why don't you talk about Africa-China relationship, which has value. So all this while, when I, when, when I switch my content from comedy into trying to have an impact on Africa-China, I knew that this is my purpose. Because at some point in time, I feel like, what are you doing here? You got to go. Like something speaks to you that, no, you have to keep moving, you know, because I tell people that what I've passed through, maybe if it's to be you, you'd have given up. It's not like even somebody is paying me amount of money, but you know, knowing that like going to Africa without money, even go on a loan in a loan, something should know that you started this on something else. So I don't know. Like sometimes people ask me, I don't know what I told them, but I know that this it's my purpose. And until I finish, I'm not going to, nothing is going to stop me. And uh, also, I didn't want to go to a country based on protocols. It's something that I'm not interested in. I want to travel like an ordinary African. I don't want to dress like, okay, I'm wearing my suit where people respect it. Because I realize that <laughs> whenever I want to go scot-free in every country, I have seats in my bag. I just put on my suit and I pass by. But anytime I dress like, uh, like an ordinary African who doesn't, who doesn't have money, they suspect me. Mm. But when I wear my suit and then I have one suit in my bag, it, it can actually, not, I don't put that on camera, never. But anytime I know that these people are going to disturb me, I just put on my suit and I'm done, you know. But wow. always that guy who doesn't want to feel like I need to dress in suits or put on suit before I gain that respect. I just want to be that village boy that is telling the African story. So if you ask me what really keeps me going, I would say first God, because this is something that I believe it's God that has put in me to do on this set. So I normally tell people that I'm doing God's work and um, if I'm not done, I won't, nothing will stop me. It's, it's basically doing the work of the Lord because it's like, getting people people win souls for christ but i'm winning souls for africa so yes that's, that's it, yes man. that is you know? it that exactly. is it 
This is so powerful. I like the story that you talked about having the suit in your bag. It also connects to the first part because in the beginning, you're saying that, okay, I'm from America, I'm from Canada. And it was almost because you are having to get some, some recognition and eat and find a job. But now exactly. you are in the driver's seat. So you can choose to put exactly. that suit on if you want to or exactly. not. This That's is so it. powerful. So I have one last question for you before we begin to wrap up. And I know mm. recently that you said that you'll be starting to facilitate the exchange between the diaspora and back home in Africa, where you are, mm. you'll be sponsoring people to come back exactly. and forth in between the continent. I mm. just need to ask you, when you were making this decision, what was your thought process around this? Because now you are, you, you've already got the loan and you're showing the videos. Now you're yeah. even going a step further to say, hey, I'm going to bring people and I'm going to send people. What were you thinking? Exactly. Take me into your world. You know, I'm going to take you there. Don't worry. So what I'm saying is that when I started, you see, I got loan. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford, even though I was living in China, I couldn't afford to purchase tickets to come to Africa. I had to go for a loan. So what I feel is that there's so many Africans in the diaspora. I mean, we have continental African diaspora, but I mean, people that were taken away from the continent who have never experienced the continent, but they don't have the money, but they wish to visit the motherland. And this is the guy who is inspiring them to come. So why don't I support people like this to go see the motherland? Even the Africans like myself, because like I said, I never got a chance to travel from my, even my city to another city. The first time I was leaving Takradi to Accra was when I was applying for my Chinese visa. So which means that there are people like me who never had the chance to leave their cities, not to talk of leaving their own countries to another. So it's not just the Africans in the diaspora, but also Africans living on the continent. But I'm ready, like, in future, yeah, you, you, you guys, like, let me tell you something that I'm planning even in future. In future, I'd love to partner with, even if it has to be tourism board in African countries, to bring these people for free so that you come, hotels are willing to, you're going to sleep in a hotel, everything. We have to make this thing work. That's why I'm so serious in the work that I'm doing to build a platform that will make all these things possible in future because we need to bridge the gap between Africans and Africans on the, in the diaspora and Africans on the continent. So as the guy who is preaching that, hey, walk, come back home, come back home, come back home. If you're not ready to support people like that, who, how do you expect them to come back home? Mm. And I know that it's not going to be the first time and I'm not going to do this alone. I, for some, I'm doing it alone, but I know that in future, people are going to come in for, so that we can make it like a huge amount of people huge number of people coming all the way from the the west back to the motherland so it's not like i decided i have the money already there uh, I've, the money is already there i'm just waiting for i don't know because you're selecting two people every three months because all the money is still there all you need to do is to select the person but the selection is the thing that i don't want to do it myself because i don't want to be uh, biased or something so i'll just let somebody help me do the selection and then I'll give the person the money buy a ticket for them. You choose any African country that you would love to visit. It's not like we're going to force you to come to Ghana or anything. Just let us know, even though maybe I haven't been to that country myself, but you just let us know. We'll make everything possible for you. I'm going to pay for everything for you to come and then 
just enjoy the motherland. I want to say that the love that I have for Africa is not like, you know, I'm not faking it or anything. That's why when I see this Pan-Africanism, people that call themselves, I'm Pan-African, they're just trying to take advantage of our people. That's what I'm telling black people, be wise. There's so many people who are taking advantage, I would say exploiting black people all in the name of Pan-Africanism. They talk about Pan-Africanism as if it's a money-making machine. They just say, oh, bring your money. Like something that made me so sad recently when I saw the amount of money people were paying to come to Africa. Like, okay, we were organizing a trip to Kenya and then these people are paying as much as to come to Africa and go back. You know, when you put this mentality within people's mind, they'll think that, okay, living in Africa alone is expensive. But it's not expensive. Your own people are exploiting you. So what is the difference between a white man exploiting you and a black man exploiting his own black man? Even a black man exploiting a black man is worse than anything. So I just want to tell people out there, you know, stop taking advantage of your own people all in the name of Pan-Africanism. Wow. Maya, I told these listeners that you were going to bring it and you brought it. Like you, <laughs> you brought the whole show. I mean, like we mic drop, we can shut it down right now because this right here, <laughs> you have taken us to class. You've given us so much insight, so much inspiration, so much wisdom. You're not waiting for anybody to do it. You're actually doing it yourself. And I just want to just honor you and I respect you for that because Hmm. when people can see, then they can do. And I I look at the comments people make on your YouTube channels. I've shared your channel, I don't know how many times. Because it completely changes the narrative, even with the continental diasporans, because they're like, wow, I never thought that I would even go to Nigeria. I never thought that I would go to Ghana. And now they're curious all because of you. So I just want to wrap up and summarize some of the key points that I heard you say. Guys, Mm. listen, Wodimaya, his whole mission and his whole purpose is what drives him. Make sure that you connect to your purpose. It doesn't matter what type of challenges come. That's what you're going to feed off of. Have the courage. Let me tell them them this. It's better to find your purpose than to find a job. Wow. Yeah. That will drive you. And then have courage. Have the courage. You have the courage. Love yourself. Be resilient. And be yourself first. Everybody else is taken. Thank you. Wudumaya, for those of of my audience and listeners who are just coming across you today, where can they find you if they want to connect with you? Um, You you can only find me on YouTube, Wudumaya. (laughs) Yeah, you can only find me on YouTube, Wudumaya. You will see one annoying village YouTuber talking loudly. I mean, I'm so passionate about Africa. Sometimes I lose myself when I'm doing my videos because it's not a planned thing. I'm just being myself. Whatever I see, I talk about it. I don't mind whether I'm saying the right thing or wrong thing. I'm just so passionate. And uh, that is me. So if you just go to YouTube, just type what am I, and definitely um, I'll pop up there. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Mr. Ghana Baby. Twitter, Wada underscore Maya. And um, Facebook, Wada Maya. Yeah, that's it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, once again, 
You can follow me on Stitcher. Listen to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. Tune in my website, clearcommunicationsolutions.com or any place you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clearcommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.